and welcome to Octet, a podcast about sound in video games. I'm Noel. I'm Nathan. And today we're talking about amnesia. More specifically, Amnesia the Bunker, and more broadly, Frictional Games is Amnesia, a franchise at large, and one other game that's kind of an amnesia game, but not technically an amnesia game. Uh, but before we get into any details, you want to kind of give us a rundown, Nathan, of the Amnesia franchise and what they are? Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go even before Amnesia, because so Amnesia, the series, is developed by Frictional Games, uh, and their, I think, first notable game uh, that people will potentially know is Penumbra, the Penumbra games. Mm-hmm which are the ones that came before Amnesia, there were two, technically three of those, two like good ones and kind of like a weird sort of like quasi-sequel uh, third one of those. And then the biggest and most famous game I'd say that they've created uh, was Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Yes. Which was a survival horror game that came out in I don't know when it came out. When did it come out? 2010. The a survival horror game that came out in 2010 mm-hmm. uh, was kind of a like viral internet hit on like YouTube and it was like Let's Players and everything around that time. Was the premise is you are this um, amnesiac man who wakes up in this castle and descends into it and tries to discover what's going on why he can't remember anything why there's terrifying monsters and creatures and horrifying things happening everywhere um i love that game i'm sure (laughs) talk about it more but so that game comes out there was an expansion they released to it there was a, a sequel developed by another um developer called amnesia a machine for pigs it was more of like a walking sim uh Frictional made Soma, which was a different game than Amnesia, but had a lot of the similar vibes, I guess you could say, still leaning into their horror, a little more in the story aspect there. They returned back to Amnesia with Rebirth, um, I think a couple years ago, a few years ago, and um, just recently released Amnesia The Bunker, which is the focus probably that we'll, we'll spend the most time on discussing today. But um, I have played, of all of those, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have played the first Penumbra. I have played Amnesia the Dark Descent. I played a little bit of Machine for Pigs. um, A little bit of Rebirth. And now about 30 minutes, 45 minutes maybe, of The Bunker. Uh, What's your relationship to Frictional Games' games? Well, I think we'll have we'll have pretty good coverage because I guess so. I didn't play any of the Penumbras. I feel like I watched maybe you play one of them a little over your shoulder or something many, many, many years ago. Um, and then yeah, I beat the Dark Descent. I think I beat the Dark Descent twice. I played through it multiple times. I beat a machine for pigs, and I beat Soma. I did not make it very far in Rebirth, so that's probably going to be our gap. Um, mm-hmm. and then 
you and I played the bunker together, so I made it, I think, exactly as far as you have in the bunker, unless you've played it since we were playing together. I have not booted up more because that game is scary. We'll get into it. They're so I'm scary. Sure. They're so scary. Uh, I, and I should say that I, I have watched, like, I only play, I mentioned the ones I've played. I think I've, like, watched Let's Plays of almost all of them at this point. Um, so story-wise, I've got a decent idea, or at least have an understanding of what's going on in them. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so let's 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 kind of... Before we get into the bunker specifically, let's just talk about the role that like music and sound kind of plays in these games. Maybe just like set the scene for what makes an amnesia game scary. Um, so in my head, there's like two large categories of like horror games on PC. There's like kind of psychological horror and I don't know, the more kind of like horrific horror where it's like you are looking at terrible things or grotesque things or things that are truly just like upsetting and then there's the psychological horror the first one i mentioned which i feel like amnesia is always like my textbook example and i think all of the games through the series including soma have done this where like they rely on your own fear of the unknown or like anticipation and that is what makes them scary is they just build tension and suspense just relentlessly until something scary happens and the thing that happens i would say if you're watching from the outside one might say like this isn't that scary a thing like why player why are you freaking out about this thing but it's just like you become so tense and you're so ready to be scared by this thing that the trigger just works very well would you agree kind of with that high level uh, dichotomy of how the amnesia series feels Yes, I absolutely agree with you on how they feel and like their way of evoking. God, what's the classic? They evoke terror, I think. Is that the correct terror versus like horror? There's like a distinction between those two. I I don't remember the full breakdown, but basically, yeah, the the kind of like build up and kind of constant like anxiety you have by being in this space and like the things you are hearing seeing or not seeing um maybe is a better way to put it and just like the the atmosphere of the place you are in contributing largely to like the the horror you are experiencing as opposed to right like like you said a more straightforward almost like like slaughterhouse vibe like like when there's like something bad there yeah. actually chasing you because those moments where something bad is actually there mm-hmm. that you're like seeing in front of you i don't think frictional leans into that very often in their games they like very much like they'll be like patrolling enemies mm-hmm. and things um in a lot of their games but like by and large even in those sections, you're probably not like seeing them super up close very often. Like more generally, you are like avoiding anything you can. You're certainly not fighting them back. Um, in most cases, uh, you're not fighting back against them. There's a few exceptions to that in like Penumbra and and the Bunker a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so it's very much they kind of focus on like the terror of the unseen, which I think is the the big thing. Yeah, that they like to focus on. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think I think that they. I, I, I would guess that they realized quickly that it was going to be much trickier to make a game that was like scary uh, over time on the long term if if you could kind of look at the things you're you know facing like head on. So there's a core mechanic in these games. Uh, I guess maybe not in Machine for Pigs or 
the bunker from what I played, but in the other ones, there's a mechanic where essentially if you, the character, are looking at something that would generally be perceived as like scary or horrifying, like there's an insanity mechanic where like your screen starts to kind of become like hazy and there's like a border on the edge and eventually like your character you like pass out uh this is like not much of a spoiler this is introduced very early mechanically in all of the games um but that i think that that mechanic is there so it's like you can't you can't even if you tried you can't just look the terrible thing in the face because like your character just can't do it like the game prevents you from doing so but i think that that makes you then because because it's actually a gameplay mechanic it makes it all the more horrifying when you're looking at it because you're just like you know you can't stare so you've got to turn and run um so i think it kind of like builds helps build that cycle of um you know terror like you said and uh the reason that i i I delve into all this is because because in all these games looking at the bad thing is the thing that seems to be the the dial the thing that makes your character go insane um in the dark descent i and i don't remember soma or i guess at least i know in the dark descent and in rebirth at least also just like looking being in the dark also kind of makes your character do this um but all of this is to say that what ends up happening is you end up relying on sound a lot to, to like parse the world and figure out what's going on because you as a character, as the player character, you cannot look at scary things. So you are like not going around corners, you're listening around corners and you're waiting for things to happen. So you get one gets very tuned in to like the audio scape of the world. Um, which is good. It's cool, like a cool kind of a unique thing. Um, but it also then gives them gives frictional this uh, very potent tool of being able to like put horrifying sounds, just little off things. Every little crack, snap, twig, every sound you hear just seems like very. Oh man, what was that? Like it gets you into that. You know, very like terrified of the unknown all the more because there's this. You know mechanism where you can't look at things that are scary but it's it's just very good i feel like what i'm when i'm thinking about amnesia i the sound of the series i'm 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 not thinking about the music as much none of the like tracks really stick in my head i know there's like some piano pieces and stuff that are nice um but it's more like the sound design the soundscapes um some of that i guess if there are there any specific examples that you can think of of like these kinds of sounds that the environment spits at you that yeah so i mean they're all throughout i think amnesia the dark descent is going to be my biggest comparison point for the bunker for most of of what we're talking about today just because that's the one it's one of my favorite horror games yeah that's the one i've played through got all the endings for i yeah um and so that's the one that just like sticks in my memory the best and it's approach to sound design and like yeah it it, you summed it up very well it's very much like every you're you're in this old castle i guess for amnesia the dark descent as i mentioned so um you'll definitely be hearing you just old you know old house sounds basically right like yeah things creaking um notes being made you walk by like a i think like a piano at what point like slams shut and kind of makes (laughs) the like creepy piano sound um you'll hear like an enemy like the enemies will have like certain sounds they make so you'll like walk into an area and hear like the enemy patrol sound but you won't see him you'll just hear him as so you know he's there you know he's around and at that point you're already kind of on edge so yeah they do a very good 
a very good job of that. I do want to talk, I guess, a little bit about the music before I jump too heavy into sound. The music is all composed by, I think for all of their games, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my research, all of their games have been composed by Miko Tarmia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got some very pretty, like, um, he did some good work, I think, on like the title tracks across the game. Those are a little bit more melodic and everything. But by and large, he's focusing on very kind of ambient soundscapes that are generally lightly unnerving and just creepy. Um, I wouldn't say like melodically anything, you know, ever stood out to me in a super large way. But he does do a very good job of just evoking uh a vibe yeah. <laughs> across all of them like just you you walk into an area and this are just like low droning kind of like synths or kind of heavy like strings playing and you're just like this is not a place that i want to be mm-hmm. i watched a video uh, where he went into some of the like like studio setup he did for the dark descent and then for soma and uh yeah he does just a lot of cool soundscapes a lot of like analog synths he's like feeding he's like feeding like a digital like woodwind recorder into like these crazy giant physical synths to make these very like all over the place kind of ambient not very structured soundscapes they're just kind of playing as you are you know scavenging or kind of walking around then you know like he'll he'll create the more upbeat not upbeat well faster and more terrifying kind of like drum pounding sequences when you're being chased by something or when something bad is happening or you're running away as something's collapsing around you or or what have you um but yeah i'd say music by and large is kind of on the back seat for these which is good because i think for our past episodes we've largely been talking about music in these games and this will be a fun chance to talk a little bit more about the sound design uh across these games especially i'd say because the bunker is the least musically important game of all of them like the the bunker sound design is like kind of like one of the biggest parts of the game mm-hmm. and the music is the music is there once again it's good but it's not not even quite as prominent as i would say i remember like being in like the dark descent right Right. Yeah. The um, I think the the music engine. I'm I'm not sure how sophisticated it is, but I feel like in every game, there's always the like, okay, you're getting chased by a thing now, or something bad is happening, and it's it's pretty responsive. Like regardless of where you are, like it fades into that very seamlessly. I've never f- noticed anything abrupt, but it definitely adds to the tension when you know it finally does like snap and spills over, and the 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 terrifying thing is finally happening. Um. But yeah, again, like I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't hum any melodies. I'd say like when I'm playing the games, I'm sure like the the theme, like you said, like the pause screen, this title screen, that stuff is like it's there, it's prominent, um, and it's nice. But yeah, it's always very like it's what you'd expect, somber and dark. But I think that there is like uh, just be, just because it is like reserved and takes a back seat or whatever, whatever the term you use was, I feel like there is, I think that there is a difficulty there. I'm sure in, when composing these, because like you know you have this limitation of like the music has to be in the background very quiet very soft a lot of the time because like we're saying the sound is so important to the gameplay so it's like you've got to work with that constraint all the time but still not have it sound like flat or boring like it's got to kind of add to the tension um 
and anyway, I, I felt that that's always that's always kind of carried through the games very well. Um, tell me more about kind of what your what you've noted in the bunker specifically in comparison to the other games, like from a sound perspective. So I'm going to probably spoil the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of this game and just kind of the setup and the general, your goal, I guess. Yeah, and there's nothing, the, there's the no objective that's happening, the difficulty in pursuing that objective. There's no, there's no major, there's no major like big twists or anything. It's kind of all like, it's, it's very run of the mill, a very run of the mill setup. So if you're waiting to play, like, sure, but it's not, we're not going to spoil anything like fundamental to what you would expect out of the story yeah so amnesia the bunker the basic premise is that after some some war shenanigans some world war one shenanigans you wake up inside of a bunker Mm -hmm. apparently deep underground from what we can tell and something very bad has happened (laughs) in this bunker something very very unfortunate there's lots of bodies there's lots of gore and there seems to be some kind of, quote, monster present in the bunker with you, and your goal is to escape it. Yep. Pretty basic. Which, yeah, yeah, and structure is pretty similar, I think, to, like, The Dark Descent. I mean, you wake up and you're like, all right, this castle seems bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the namesake of the series, right? Like, it's ba- yeah. basically in every game, There's you don't have a ton of backstory. You're like, the character wakes up and something bad has happened, <laughs> but you don't know exactly what, and you're kind of figuring, like, figuring out what that is. Rebirth messes with that a little bit, but that's really the... That's really a common uh, through line there of the Amnesia series and Soma, for what it's worth. It's the same deal. Yeah. Yeah. So with the bunker, the interesting thing about it is my biggest, like the, the game they've created that I would say is the most similar just from like a setup perspective is actually the Penumbra. Oh, interesting. The Penumbra games. Mm-hmm. Because in those games you are like jumping into a mine underground and trying to explore and something terrible has happened there and there appears to be some kind of entity or entities down there that are not great and you know you're largely trying to eventually escape it but the music that um, Miko Tarmia like composed for the title of Amnesia the Bunker um, the music he composed for it is actually kind of similar to the Penumbra Overture, which is the first Penumbra Games oh, title theme. Yeah, I thought that was notable. Because the, the title themes are like, yeah, maybe the one thing I do recall across these games. Yeah. And I was like, this sounds kind of familiar. And I think all of his title themes have kind of a vibe. They're not quite as imme- like immediately terrifying sounding as the rest, but... Yeah, they're melancholy, but bit. not they're not scary. They're just kind of sad. I don't know. Yeah, yeah mel- Melancholy is, probably, is, I think, a pretty apt term yeah yeah i can i can show you an example quick if you'd like to to hear them okay so here is the bunker title theme i'm gonna open this so just kind of some strings get some plucked strings and then some like orchestral strings maybe it's just piano but Okay, so that's yeah. the bunker. Mm-hmm. Here's Penumbra Overture. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I see the similarities. Penumbra is a little a little more uh, 
in your face. It's of its time, right? Like it sounds. Yes. It sounds like 2000, 2008, whatever, whatever era that was. But yeah, yeah, there is just an instrumentation. Yeah, it's definitely more of a theme yeah. for, for, for number than, than the bunker. But I think it felt like a little bit of a callback to me. I don't know, with just the strings and piano kind of use there and kind of like the string starting and then kind of a little bit of piano starting it off. I was like, this is maybe a callback. I don't know for sure. but Yeah, yeah. Again, I think it's, 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 a, it's like a limiting kind of paradigm. So it's, it's hard to say, but it may be. Um, but yeah, let's um, let's talk about the sound though, because yeah. the sound design is the the more I'd say interesting maybe part here. Totally. Oh man, no, the sound in the bunker is terrifying. <laughs> it, it's bad in all of them. I think I think the in playing the bunker, maybe I was just I'd forgotten, but I don't know. The bunker seems worse. We just like the bunker is worse. Yeah, the bunker is worse. The mm-hmm. bunker. Oh man, so like, frictional took a very kind of immersive diegetic approach to everything in the bunker in a way that I am not I haven't seen them do um in a while maybe rebirth leaned into it a little bit but certainly not like the dark descent or soma right where your like inventory is I guess your inventory is actually a menu but like every item you're using every like um, map you're looking at your like light like everything you're using is like a thing you equip and then you have to like actually you like see it in your hands and you have to like press a button to like you know wind up your light uh, or yeah. to you know look at like the time you have remaining before the lights might go off somewhere or something so it's just like the everything is diegetic and that like everything you're always very present i guess in mm-hmm. a way that i'm not necessarily used to being in their games yeah and the bunker, because it's structured in a way where you're kind of in a much more confined space, um, you have an immediate objective, and you also know there is something there chasing you, stalking you, trying to murder you. The approach that Frictional took with the sound here is like they they brought it like full frontal, like full forward in a way that I just ha- I wasn't used to in the past. Like yeah. every like the bunkers, there's constantly like little sounds going on everywhere, either from you winding up like your light, um, or from like you know maybe something in the walls, maybe like rats, or maybe like the monster itself. Um, explosions maybe happening overhead. There's like always just something there, right. and you're constantly listening for something. Because the only way you're really going to know if that monster is coming up to you is if you can hear it. Mm-hmm. And so you're always listening just to see if something, if you're hearing like, wait, was that, was that the monster? Was that like something falling over somewhere? And you're also very, very aware of all of the sounds that you are making or that it's happening around you because you learn very quickly the monster is attracted to sound. Yeah. So yeah. everything that you're doing, everything... Every time you wind up your light, it's making a very loud, like, whirling sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a very terrifyingly loud whirling sound. And the only way you can kind of get to full charge is to, like, wind it up for a while. And then it's, and as you're doing that, it's just generating all of this noise. And so you do that, and it's already really loud. And then you sort of hear, like, a thud in, like, the wall around. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. Something is, like, here. I've done too much. Yeah. I've, I've, I've flown too, too close much. to the sun. Yeah. I've flown too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. It is a mess. Um, yeah, it's 
It's very well done. It's very in your face and it's quite scary. Um, yeah, what were your kind of impressions, I guess, of the sound design and just general approach they took with the bunker here? What did you think? Yeah, yeah. Again, I think I think like that that claustrophobic nature is a good a good call out because I think in the other games, like you'd hear those cues, like we talked about before, like you'd hear odd sounds and stuff, but most of the time they were far away unless something you know was imminent, like something bad's about to happen or there it's right around the corner. But in the bunker, it's all narrow hallways and teeny little rooms because it's a bunker. So you hear all these things that are very close to you all the time because it's like rats in the walls or like you brushing up against something, like you said. So it always feels close, but that's not always indicative of the you know, the big scary thing being nearby. Um I did I do think the like don't generate too much noise is good. Um maybe we should talk briefly. All of these games, kind of one of the core puzzle mechanics is there's like a a light physics engine in that you can like pick up things and like look around, look at them and kind of spin them in place and like set them down or throw them or, you know, do things with them. Um and I think the sound throughout the series of the that those interactions between objects has always been very spot on. Um, like they make distinct sounds when things are thrown, distinct difference or distinct differences at different velocities. Um, like there's distinct sounds for things like scraping. I remember that from um, uh, Rebirth. The sound of like things sliding down the sand was distinct for every item uh, in a very good way. But anyway, all that to say is this is the first one where I feel like the they really call out like if you make sound bad things will happen so it's like don't make too much sound and yeah the the flashlight is the obvious example it's like you have to choose do you want to be able to see and maybe have the monster come get you or do you want to just sit in darkness and not know what's ahead of you or you know not have as good an idea um yeah they they play with that idea of choice a lot like the way that they the sound design the sound as a mechanic in this game is very they, they use it very well to evoke even more terror and horror in the in the situations that they put you into because like you said the the light is a constant one but there will be situations in which you might need to progress um and the only way you can do that is to do something you know is going to cause sound mm-hmm. right like they introduce this idea of like grenades um in like the opening minutes even before you're in the bunker and like you'll get some while you're down there and it's like okay maybe i could use this to to open like a they could break down like a door that's locked or something but in doing this i know that i'm going to make a ton of noise and something very bad is going to be here immediately so does this give me enough time to hide or to get away or whatever and they throw those situations at you i feel like much more often in this game because because they are kind of focusing on that sound and that noise as a core mechanic, which is really cool this time around. Yeah. Um, no, and I like it when core games do that. Yeah, it's good. I, f- I feel like this one, um, in comparison to the others, it feels much more gamey and less mm-hmm. like walking simmy because of these mechanics. Um, I know I know that they're always big. Uh, I've listened to the devs talk and like making the making the player think that like systems and mechanics are there that aren't really there. Um, I do think that the the sound thing is there in in this one like the, there is sound meters and stuff going on but yeah it just like the other ones kind of always felt like the core puzzle was like get from point a to point b without the monster seeing you and that's kind of always been like that's 
that's the game in most of these. It's like there's some little, you know, like do these things in the right sequence or figure out what this means. Little like light physics puzzles, like I said before. But that's the the core loop. And here it feels like you're trying to like solve the environment a bit more. Like how do I do this in the light so I can make some sound here and not get attacked by the monster? Um, mm-hmm. It just yeah, it felt it felt a little bit more. There was a little bit more of a puzzle to unravel a lot of the time here. The, I feel like the thesis for this game was actually one very particular section in Amnesia The Dark Descent, which is, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's basically like a flooded like cellar yeah. uh, or portion. And the central sort of mechanic that you realize very quickly is that there is something in the water. There's a big bad monster in the water. Mm-hmm. And... If you make noise, like you're splashing around in the water or something, it will come get you and it is much faster than you than you are in the water. And so you are like kind of hopping onto like items like in the water to avoid ever having to be in it. Yeah. You, re- you can like throw things across like the room to make them like splash and then he will go that way, which will give you time to like scramble like, into the water if you like have to. There's moments where you will like have to, I think, like crank something or like do something where you have to be in the water and you know he's also there and you can like hear him getting closer. Right. And that entire, all of that is very similar to a lot of the things they are doing in the bunker where there are also moments where you will like, Maybe you'll be focusing one thing like you have to like interact with the environment in some way and you're you can't like move like your your view from the thing you're doing, but you hear Mm -hmm. (laughs) things coming at you. And like, I don't know, that kind of more like mechanics, heavy monster focused kind of like intense experience sort of felt like the thesis for this game and the sound and in the same way the sound was very important in that one and both the fact that it was a mechanic and the fact that you never actually saw the monster in that one you just could hear it you can you know the things are a little more um more uh visible potentially i think in the bunker than in the dark descent but it's still the similar idea of like you know you might not see it but it's coming and it's going to get you and it's going to be very scary and they do a very good job with it (laughs) But yeah, that's it's very good. I I do I did I think particularly there is one other thing. I guess another dimension here. So they always use sound very like we're we're talking about it, it's like always negative, but I think that there are there is kind of like comfort and positive sound here that they use too to kind of give you some familiarity. Um there's like voice acting work in like, you know, the kind of lightly but like you'll find notes and letters and stuff and like it's like okay, there's it's humanity here. Um but the other the thing that I found noteworthy is this is also like in that same kind of 10, 15 minute, but it's a little bit more of a mechanical spoiler. You find a generator that can be used to generate, like to turn light on in the facility, basically, that gives you light. And when you do that, there's like a hum. When you turn the lights on, they kind of give off a sound, but it's like, like I've never been so grateful for like, you know, the electronic buzz sound of anything in a game. But it's like, ah, that sound means I'm safe. I can't die right now because I hear the hum of the light, uh, like the lantern in the little hub area kind of buzzes, too. And it's just like I think it uh, really exemplifies that, like the the kind of safe, the feeling of safeness and just like that familiarity of like this sound is good and i know when this is happening bad things cannot happen um i think this is kind of a theme we've talked about the last few weeks of just like that you know the emotional connection there is very strong very quickly but in like the other direction um yeah yeah i think in those so i think this is a page they took from like the resident evil playbook where like there's like a safe room yeah 
that you can mm-hmm. find with like a theme that plays to kind of tell you like and it's usually like a much like less terrifying theme it's usually kind of a pleasant one um you know you enter into the room kind of like a, a lightly more relaxing as relaxing as it can be you know theme starts to play which it does in the bunker too And you know you can like like the hum of the lights comes comes on and like you're like okay, this is my yeah. brief you know bit of respite here from all the terrible things happening around me, which is a very like Resident Evil thing, like Resident Evil safe rooms. Right. You know, like every game will always have like the music that plays when you enter into one of those. And you're like, oh thank God, I don't have to I don't have to worry about it. And it's like the you know horror is very much structured around those um, peaks and valleys right and so you need to have those moments of like relief where you're not just constantly on edge otherwise you know the moments where you're on edge won't hit as hard and uh they do a good job and the safer music in the bunker is also very nice um yeah yeah it's good relaxing. it's good um man i feel like we, i feel like we've covered a lot is there anything else you want to delve into on the amnesia front? um i have a very brief aside it's just a more of a sure, fun tidbit sure, than anything yeah. but so amnesia the dark descent i guess mild spoilers that game has multiple endings mm-hmm. and one of the endings has a really pretty piano track that plays and i wanted to learn how to play it so i emailed miko tarmia <laughs> nice <laughs> to see if he would and he emailed me back and he sent me the sheets for it and ever since then i have known how to play alexander's theme from amnesia the dark descent so miko tarmia seems like a cool dude and I just want to publicly say thank you, Miko, for sending me the sheet music to your Yeah, nice. That's a good that's a good call. Yeah, he always seems very chill in interviews and stuff and just like very respectful of the form. Uh yeah. 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 He's got a tall task. Like you said, trying to compose being a horror game music composer sounds like quite the quite the tall task to do because you want to make something like cool and evocative, but like you said, you can't really be too melodic or too like in your face with it generally right like it can't be you never want someone to be focusing super heavy on the music right like it needs to be there and it needs to evoke a vibe um he does a very good job at it i think that's why he's you know still uh still there i hope they continue to use him because i think he makes some really cool stuff agreed agreed um yeah if you've never checked it out or even i guess if you're not a horror game person i feel like like nathan said uh, amnesia games are good like watch you can just watch someone play them and i think you can enjoy a lot of the experience without a lot of the kind of terror and negative emotion that's there like they're i think they're just as um i don't know art pieces they're like worth they're worth checking out they're very lovingly lovingly crafted in multiple multiple ways i think um yeah, yeah. i'm excited to i am going to finish the bunker i'm going to muster up the courage to do it it's just wow that game is a lot they they did a good job every sound is terrifying every scratch you hear every thud every sound it's they do a good job i'm excited to jump yep. back in yeah yeah uh cool well should we do our our minor updates let's do you our minor updates what's no, your minor you, update you oh, i'm starting this week yeah. oh god okay well my minor update this week is a song called Nudista Mundial 89, or Mundial 89, excuse me. Um, Nudista Mundial 89 by Alan Palomo. So 
Alan Palomo is the man behind Neon Indian, which is a band that was putting out music, I guess, more like the early 2010s, I, I think, was when he was most Yeah. What's the most what's popular. like the song called? I feel like there's the one uh, uh Polish Girl, Girl was yeah, like the yeah. big one. Mm-hmm. Everyone would probably mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. Um uh Nudista Mundial is so good. So this is he's like releasing it under his own name this oh, time nice around. Um but it sounds very, very much like a neon Indian track to the point that if you were to play it, like uh, you would just assume that it is a neon Indian track. So I'm considering it one. It's fair. I'm I'm gonna pull it up real quick just for a, a yeah, let me hear you here. Yeah. Oh yeah. So good. It's so good. He always does very cool things with like synthesizers and just Yeah. It's a good summer bop. He's got an album coming out um I think in September. So he's released a couple tracks from it. And I'm uh I'm excited for the full thing, and this made me very excited. So, um, if you haven't listened to Neon Indian, go listen to Neon Indian. Um, and if you have, go listen to Alan Palomo's solo stuff because it there's he's releasing music again, and I'm very excited. So, that's my minor update. Um, I have been consumed by Diablo for for the past two weeks, utterly. But uh, I think that it is. I th- I can kind of like tie a knot on or put a ribbon on our uh, discussion from a couple weeks ago the the rest of the music in diablo 4 also very good on point everything's everything's there where it needs to be the kind of theme we were talking yeah yeah it's so good the, the, the thing the stuff we were talking about about um like few voices and it feeling very somber that has carried on they're still like there is a couple like more big in your face pieces but they use them well so like when it does hit it hits all the more hard um and but yeah like music in all the towns all the capital cities is all kind of that like you know it's not terribly bleak but it's not great um kyobashad the one we talked about is still the most kind of dark and somber because it's the you know frigid mountain area like the desert and the steppes um they're 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 good and they're kind of they kind of have the vibe Hawazar, oh man that that region in the south um again this isn't isn't really spoilery but there it's like this kind of weird jungle where you don't you know there's all this like stuff going on and there's like these kind of pseudo mythical creatures going on sound there it's real good all over the place all like interesting tonal stuff happening uh anyway long story short no i agree with you i think that they're like there, I, I've been playing a lot of Diablo 4 as well, and I think the structure of that game and it's like open world um, does a lot for the music because you'll re- be returning to these areas consistently. You'll kind of be hearing those themes again, and like I've definitely kind of started to get into like the like oh right, I'm, I'm in Kiovishad. I can like, I gotta know I, I can like predict the song before it starts to play already in a few of like the major like regions mm-hmm. and cities. And I always take that as a good sign in a game where I'm like waiting for the music to come in because I'm like, oh, right, this is this is that zone. And Diablo 4 does a good job with it. So, yes, I agree. I'm they did good job. Well done, Diablo 4. Soundtrack yeah, team. the voice work, too, as I've gotten further into the story, uh, like even like in the cutscenes and everything, it's all it's all good in there. It's great. But like even just in the world, like the side quest stuff, like just talking like the voice actors, it's all voice acted like excellent all very well done i mean it's a blizzard game you expect 
quite a bit of polish there, but there's a, there's a, there's a lot, like it's pretty big and it's all just, yeah. After we put in like a few hundred hours each, maybe we'll do a Diablo 4. Yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll have a lot. <laughs> um, uh, but I think, um, I think for, for maybe for next, for next time, Final Fantasy 16 will be out. Oh, nice. Will it be time for a Final Fantasy episode? Yeah. Who knows? We'll yeah, see. Fun game. Um, well, in the meantime, uh, you can find us. Uh, all of our links are on octetpod.com. There's links to our Discord and everything there. You can find the Discord link in the show notes as well. Um, we're octetpod on all social media, but we're not super active on like Twitter and stuff. Discord's probably the way to go if you want to get in touch. Um, yeah, Till next time. Yeah, thanks for listening.